Welcome to DTC Pod, where we take you behind the wheel with the best founders and operators of consumer brands. You'll learn the ins and outs of business from setting up shop, hitting your first million, scaling past eight figures, and even navigating an exit. As founders ourselves, our goal is to help you learn from the best as you build. Visit us at DTCPod.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, join our founder community, and find additional resources from every episode. DTC Pod is brought to you by Trend, the creative solution for your brand. Go to trend.io to access thousands of creators for content needs such as product photography, unboxing videos, or even TikTok and IG organic creative. Use the code DTCPOD10 for 10% off your next content purchase. As a D2C brand, you need real-time financial visibility to save money and make better decisions. Waiting for books from slow and expensive bookkeepers that don't get e-commerce is slowing you down. Trusted by hundreds of brands, Finaloop is a real-time accounting service built by D2C founders for D2C founders. Try Finaloop completely free, no credit card required. Just visit finaloop.com slash D2C pod and get 14 days free and a two-month P&L within 24 hours with all the e-com data and breakdowns you need to crush it. What's up, DTC Pod? Today, we're joined by Tui Allen, who is the VP of Product and Design at Ampla. So, Tui, I'll let you kick us off. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background, uh, some of the companies you work at, and your recurrent role at Ampla? Yeah, great. Thank you. Well, um, thank you for having me. Uh, it's an awesome uh, pleasure and um, honor to be here with this great group and um, be able to talk to um, and get my voice out there to so many different brands and operators. Um, so for um, those of you who don't know Ampla, Ampla is the premier um, financial platform for consumer brands, providing growth capital, banking, and bill pay services to omni-channel businesses. So we are like directly in this space. This is the space we serve and I'm super excited to, to be here to chat. Um, a little bit about my background. I've been working at the intersection of um, technology and solving really hard problems um, and removing friction from doing business so that um, both, you know, if prior I was at Shopify and now at Ampla and my mom is actually a small business owner, really helping small businesses thrive and succeed through leveraging technology and, um, you know, really kind of working to sort of make hard problems go away through technology. I love that. Um, I, I feel like it's something that both me and Ramon definitely resonate a lot with being founders and operators ourselves, it's kind of like, you know, we wake up in the morning and we're like, where's the friction that we can get rid of today? And then we start uh, building different processes or solutions to do it. So, um, you know, having the experience that you've had being in kind of the commerce entrepreneurial landscape for a while, being at Shopify, now being at Ampla, one of the reasons we're really excited to have you on the pod was to be able to talk about, uh, you know, learning a little bit more about what those problems are for brands, right? I think this conversation is even more relevant today because financing and cash flow is so important to businesses. As the economy changes a little bit, that becomes even more in focus. Um, so I think it'd be really helpful if maybe we just started, if you could paint like a little landscape of, you know, what is Ampla and also like what role do you play in the broader um, you know, commerce ecosystem and what problems are you guys building to solve for for founders yeah. and, and brand operators? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, it all starts with really understanding the customer um, and the market that we serve and going really deep and having a lot of empathy. 
um, for that space. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've spent a lot of time and um, continue always to, to spend time with, with brands and with customers and even thinking about the full supply chain of CPG. Um, so even on this sort of manufacturing and supply side, and you touched on it, but the cap, the stress that comes with having enough funding and managing cash flow is incredibly um, taxing and exhausting. And there's this huge overhead and burden that um, businesses sort of carry um, around making sure that they have enough funding to operate. And um, what Ampla is really intended to do is to actually change that paradigm, make the hard things go away, and actually really focus on providing um, brands and suppliers and manufacturers with the tools they need to thrive, the funding they need to grow, the access to insights and to data to better kind of manage this, the reality of cash flow variability and um, make better decisions around how to grow and scale their companies uh, and, you know, really just kind of like get super deep into CPG problems where we know um, one of the unique things Ampla does is we, we work on a omnichannel basis. And so a lot of um, other players in the space, including my former, you know, where I was uh, at Shopify before, you know, they work within one channel. So Shopify is primarily D2C with their online platform. Amazon is, you know, obviously um, has a big marketplace, but they're primarily online. Um, Ampla provides an omni-channel solution, like I mentioned earlier, which really allows us to see the full view of everything that a brand does and then solve problems related to all the challenges that come with the reality that you have to operate your business at an omni-channel level. This, that's the future of commerce is really omni-channel. It's not just online. It's not just offline. It's not just via Instagram or TikTok. It is this omni-channel approach. And that's really what Ampla specializes in. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about, too, is the fact that you said one of the big problems is omni-channel and the fact that before all these brands were just going D2C, exclusively existing on D2C, and now it seems like we're going through a massive shift where even emerging brands are going after wholesale, going after omni-channel even earlier. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to just kind of talk about what some of those problems are for maybe, uh, you know, whether it's a first-time brand owner or someone who's back at it again as an operator. What are some of the challenges in going omni-channel that you guys have found what are some of the problems that the majority of the brands that you work with are all struggling with when it comes to omnichannel that you guys are really excited to build around and be able to productize yeah so there's definitely an element of i think demand planning and forecasting that gets really complex the if you're working through one channel and you're just d to c you can start a, you can start to understand the um, patterns and the demand and how much inventory you need to have on hand and how quickly you need to produce that inventory to have it available for, um, you know, potentially seasonal upcoming seasons or end of year, um, you know, any of the sort of big peaks that you may face. But when you start to go omni-channel and then you start to potentially throw in a wholesale, um, the complexity of demand planning and forecasting becomes very challenging to get a handle of. 
And so at Ampla, as one example, um, we recognize that having visibility into all of your various revenue sources and those channels from an account sort of reconciliation and accounts receivable reconciliation perspective is really, really important to keeping a pulse on your cash flow, which ultimately is critical for you to be able to kind of run your business. And so that's like one example. Um, and I'm happy to go into some more, um, but thought I'd pause in case there's any questions around that. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, with um, DTC, you get the money instantly. You might have different payment terms with different vendors, distributors, et cetera. So I'm curious on the demanding, um, uh, sorry, on the forecasting demand front, um, which side gets more complicated there? Because, you know, DTC, you can pull some levers. Actually, things like TikTok and, you know, blowing up and being mentioned all of a sudden throws your your inventory planning out of the window. Do you see the same in retail or is retail more so just the payment terms that make the cash flow complicated and then demand forecasting is a little bit easier? Um, how, how do you see those different? Yeah, a great question. Um, kind of diving deeper. I think you're right about the um, spikes that you can sometimes see and the reality of like leveraging influencers and some of these sort of more digital channels like TikTok and Instagram to promote your product and how that can drive like phew, major, major spikes. Uh, uh, I'd say that that similarly, depending on the brand and depending on how things, who their sales channels are and where their products are from a retail perspective, they also have a, um, a, a set of complexity that exists there um, where there might be demands or requests or volume or things that they have to keep up with. And then um, similarly, if they're selling on their own platform, D2C, um, there are kind of, you know, unique challenges that they may face there. I think where it gets really complex, and this is what Ampla is really working to help solve for, for brands, and actually, to be honest, not only the brand, but also sort of the downstream supply chain, because you've got to actually then build the products and you've got to like make sure you've got enough, um, you know, planning around how you do that, um, that we're looking at this omni-channel view. And so we, we have this sort of view of all of the different channels and bringing those together so that brands and business owners can make better and smarter decisions. Got it. So whenever you guys have a merchant that is a customer, they might come to Ampla and say, we're looking to go omni-channel. This is what we're looking at. And so Ampla gets, you know, gets involved and helps them out with those decisions, things to look out for more than just providing the financing. Yeah. Yeah. We try to provide and the um, analytics and the insights so that they can make better decisions about referral investment from one channel versus another and potentially any trends. And this is an area that we're going to be doing more and more on because we know it's a real pain point. Um, you touched on funding. So to, to jump there, too, is a good segue. One of the other things that I think um, is um, challenging for brands um, and for, for CPG companies is... Um, the nature of the CPG business obviously is very cash heavy, cash intensive. You need a lot of upfront funding to actually, um, you know, build the product, ship the product, and then sell the product. And there's a long leeway there as well. So not only is it cash intensive and capital intensive um, in terms of building the product and inventorying the product, but then there's long leeways as well. Um, and so Ampla is a transition from this omni-channel conversation because we look and understand the brand's full 
um, view of their operations, not just one slice of operations. We look at wholesale, we look at retail, we look at kind of the full picture of their operations. We're in a position, and because we know um, brands and DTC, the, um, the sort of CPG space at a depth, we are able to use this power of the data that we have to provide them with the funding that they actually need um, and more funding than what your typical, um, you know, potential, you know, capital or financing or lending option would be able to provide because we, we one, know the space, we, two, have an amazing amount of data, and three, related to the data, we're looking at the whole picture of um, the channels that they work in. You know, I, I think that's a, a really good point, too, in terms of how you're able to, like, build a comprehensive product around this problem that, at surface value, it sounds similar. Every brand's trying to go omni-channel, but then that looks a little bit different at every single brand and actually their implementation of it. One thing that I'd love to kind of go into before we kind of talk a little bit more about some of these problems and some of the ways you're productizing them and, and the offering, I, I'd love to also go back a little bit further in your, your career and talk about um, Shopify, right? I think Shopify is like a preeminent player in the landscape. Pretty much every brand that we have on the podcast, um, you know, the vast majority are built on top of Shopify while integrating some other different tools. Um, why don't you just talk to us a little bit about what your role was at Shopify, what you were working on there, and kind of the evolution of, um, you know, Shopify as a, a player in the ecosystem. But then I'd also love to kind of unpack some of the other things that they've productized and maybe what you're working on, right? I know Shopify Capital, for example, that's something that people are pretty familiar with. And I'd love to kind of, you know, if you could just provide more context on that side of the the financing landscape as well. Yeah, totally. Um, so Shopify's amazing um, product and, and company, and um, I'm a huge fan. Um, uh, Shopify is broad in terms of what they do. And, um, you know, has an amazing product for um, small entrepreneurs and, you know, um, merchants. Um, it doesn't bring the depth of understanding a specific industry um, at the level that, like, an Ampla does. Like, we are hyper-focused on going very deep to some very unique CPG challenges um, that are that are unique, and so like I can kind of translate this back to what I did at, um, at at Shopify. So my role at Shopify was to build and lead the team responsible for changing the paradigm from you run your shop on Shopify to you run your whole business on Shopify. And so um, we launched um, a money management banking foundation. We launched um, the scaled capital from one country to four countries, and really kind of changed this the not only could they just, you know, sell products on Shopify, but they now could, like, log into Shopify to run their full business, um, which is amazing and great and, like, great products. But again, like I was saying earlier, Shopify, one, only sees a portion of what um, a brand is doing. They see the, the, the what um, sales and revenue are coming through their platform. Um, and so that directly impacts their ability, for example, in capital to be able to offer... Um, a, a a loan or a capital offer that is comprehensive and large enough to support what the operations are of that specific brand because they're they're um it's a great product don't get me wrong but they're looking at one slice of that um revenue that's coming in whereas 
Ampla is looking at the full picture of all of the sources of revenue and is therefore in a position to be able to sort of offer a capital offer that is much more in alignment with what the brand actually needs to operate. Um, the other things too, and I think this just comes with the nature of like the scale of when you've got millions of merchants, um, you are working to solve problems for the many. Um, and that's great and that's good. What we are doing, so there's a lot of trade-offs just being there that we had to make, right? Of like, okay, well, like there's this really crazy problem over here we'd love to solve. And it's like, oh, but that's just a niche and that's a vertical. And so we can't really go deep there. So let's just, we can't, like we're just solving for the many. Um, Amplin, I think is really unique in that like we're going really deep into the CPG space. And so we understand the complexities of like um, the fees that are assessed, um, the you know, brokers that get involved in negotiating deals and getting you into retail locations, um, the reality and challenges of the demand planning and forecasting that goes when you're working multi omni-channel across so many different sort of distribution channels. And um, those are the problems that, like, I'm excited to go deep on it at Ampla and solve. Yeah, I think that makes a whole bunch of sense in terms of, like, product scope, right? And what Shopify's core competency is and when they build a capital product, what they're able to build it around versus you guys and taking the omni-channel approach. So again, because Shopify doesn't have like their the wholesale part of the business or the omni-channel side of the business, those aren't running through. There's many revenue streams that aren't necessarily flowing through the e-commerce checkout. And so what you guys are saying is that Ampla, you're able to look at the whole business, understand it in the lens of omni-channel commerce and be able to adequately productize and provide capital or other sort of products and data in regards to that. Whereas Shopify's core competency is really being able to stand up the store, manage your customers, manage orders, and then tie in data that helps support that side of the business. So my next question to piggyback off that would be, um, you know, for a brand who is just starting out, right? Like I think we had kind of alluded it to it at the beginning of the episode, but it seems like omnichannel is the place everyone wants to be, right? But again, that's not it's not the easiest thing to do because you said capital is a constraint. How do you think like what advice do you have for brand operators? Because you you're able to see this across a lot of brands. If you're starting out, what is your what is an omni-channel strategy for a CPG brand that is just starting? Yeah, it's a great question. It um, It's funny, I've been spending a lot of time talking to customers recently, and it varies, I'd say, um, on your product, right? So your, your product is going to drive a little bit of your strategy. Uh, in general, I'd say um, be really intentional about your um, first channel um, and then be really intentional about your view of your full omni-channel approach, right? So I think the reality is like if you are in this to grow and scale, which you are, um, you need to have a vision for the end state of where you want to go and be really thoughtful about sort of the various channels that are going to be required for you to scale and get to that level. But then be incredibly intentional about being calculated with starting small and learning and iterating, sort of like how we build tech products. Same thing goes um, with building physical products. You know, you want to ship and get something of value to your customer base, your end customer base, as quickly as possible to learn and assess value. And then you want to then quickly figure out 
how you're going to scale that. And so you need to be thoughtful not only about like your um, intentional first step and then ultimately your vision of where you want to go. That also means in the world of CPG and brands, you need to be thoughtful about um, who are the various suppliers, co-packers, manufacturers, who do you want to work with, making sure that you can be thoughtful about your margins and your, um, you know, the lag time required. There's a lot of like long-term planning that has to happen early so that you set yourself up for success. The next question I have in regards to that about setting yourself up for success, it seems like a lot of people who do start brands don't start it because they want to be experts in supply chain and managing an omni-channel strategy. They start it because there's a product they're really passionate about and, you know, they start creating it, they start selling it. It's easy enough to spin up a Shopify store and people like it. So they're able to keep growing. Is this a use case that you kind of run into um, in Ampla? Is this something that you see? And, you know, how do you think about being able to create products for those customers who, again, are maybe experts in building brand and experts in building something that people really want, but maybe aren't so much experts in supply chain inventory managing and all the other things in a cash con managing their cash conversion cycle. I know there's so many things. You're so right. Like so much overhead to um, running um, a business. And you're right. I don't think your average, your brand, you know, brand owner, business owner who's like, oh, I'm so excited about this product I have is thinking about all of that overhead. But that overhead is so um, make or break. And what Ampla is setting out to do is make all of that 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 weight, that heaviness, that burden go away um, so that brands can focus on what they love and what they want to do, which is build product. They want to build their product and they want to delight their customer and their their end customer. Um, and so like like if you think about it, like what we're trying to do is really power kind of commerce across the CPG ecosystem. So if you kind of like rewind it used to not be all that easy as a consumer to buy products right from home or depending on the size of the product let's let's use like the you know wafer if it's like a couch or furniture like that was a big pain and there might have been like multiple payments and there was like maybe like a paper trail of invoices and there was a whole bunch of um, overhead and burden that came with that even on the consumer purchase side and then fast forward we got to this world of like digital checkouts and being able to sort of like sit on my couch and make all these purchases and it changed people's lives for the better that level of b2b commerce especially for cpg is still an, a massive area of opportunity and a massive area of like a lot of friction a lot of manual processes um i was talking to a brand owner the other day it's like you still have to pick up the phone. You still have to fax things in. You still have paper invoices. You're emailing stuff back and forth. Why? <laughs> so what we want to do, and yes, of course, these are big, you know, when you're building a product and you're looking at, you know, shipping thousands of units or millions of units, there's a lot that goes into that. And these are big purchases. But there is a huge opportunity to kind of shrink this AP and AR workflow or kind of like, let's say, bring a consumer view and version of a checkout experience, buying and selling, order, order management, checkout, to the B2B space so that it can be just as simple as sitting on your couch and actually managing 
the logistics and the purchasing and selling that goes with managing a CPG, um, you know, business. And so that's where I, I get super excited. And I think where Ampla is really leaning in to help brands remove that 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 friction and that burden and that overhead that exists um, in the world of dealing with the full supply chain and logistics of actually getting your product to the end consumer so they can be happy. <laughs> yeah. And, and a follow up to that is it seems like we had this like the big blow up in D2C, the big unlock that Shopify unlocked was it made all these brand owners who were very creative but had no technical chops to like spin up their own web store, they were able to now create stores. So you saw a big boom in D2C. And it sounds like what you guys are trying to do is almost bring that same level of unlock to the financial and operations and multi-channel side of the business, where again, people want to be creative. They want input in like sourcing the products, designing the products, building the brand, doing all the consumer facing things, generating the sales, driving the marketing. But again, the back of the house stuff that's like manual and before had to be done and before was a barrier to entry, to be honest, now you're able to kind of unlock that for the masses. So um, I, I think that's really helpful in terms of just unpacking the value prop of the business, what you guys are actually able to enable. The, and and what I'd love to like chat about now is from a product side of things, like what are the literal products that you're offering to customers, right? Like, so what, tell us about like, you know, how does it work yep. in terms of like getting capital with Ampla or what are the other products that you guys provide? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Blaine, totally, you you nailed it in terms of the, the, what were the problem space that we're really excited about digging in is like bringing this like, um, you know, simple checkout experience to the B2B side that is purpose-built for CPG and brands. Um, yes. So, and then your question about like today and like all the products Ampla offers. So uh, it really starts with a money management banking platform and foundation. Um, and on top of the money management banking platform foundation, we have functionality for you to leverage bill payment, but we also have functionality for you to leverage pay later capabilities, which is basically buy now, pay later for, um, CPG and, and specifically for like, uh, large purchases, right? Where you may not have that cash on hand today. And so you need to extend those terms for 60 days or 90 days because there is a need to, you know, purchase something large in the world of, you know, trying to stand up a brand or trying to fulfill a massive order that you have to get into a retail location. Um, and we also then, of course, as you know, have our, um, you know, like our flagship product, which is our growth line of credit product. And this is the product that offers sort of the large kind of funding for brands so that they can really kind of, that's their working capital for them to be able to really grow and thrive and sort of operate their business. And all these products fit together perfectly too so that they can actually move money across externally and within a suite of products. And so you can actually use your growth line of credit um, for a bill payment and pay later. Um, and so all of the products sort of work seamlessly together. And we also have, I mentioned earlier, um, this concept of like these reconciliation accounts so that we can actually help facilitate a lot of the accounting integration and the accounting cash view and management and sort of almost this sort of headache and burden of like managing all of the omni-channel sources of where the revenue is coming from and making sure you're accounting for that in a super simple and easy way 
through these revenue reconciliation accounts that then integrate directly into your accounting system to sort of like relieve some of the the need there. Um, so that's all in the kind of the brand suite of products um, in super early days, but we're also working on the um, the vendor uh, manufacturing co-packer side to offer a suite of tools there. And ultimately, our, our goal and what we're looking at is creating an entire ecosystem around CPG so that we can facilitate sort of commerce and the exchange of value across both of those ecosystems, both of those sides of the ecosystem. Got it. And um, so I'd love to now dig into, and maybe we can nerd out a little bit on product stuff, right? I'd love sure. to learn a little bit more about your framework for building products, how you think about it, what maybe... Like when you first came to Ampla, right? Like where was where was the company then? What were some of the major initiatives that you've led? What are some of the problem areas that you've been excited to dig into? And then how did you productize that? So first let's start with all that kind of stuff, talking about you, product, and Ampla. And then I want to take the frameworks there and explore those a little bit more in the context of brands. But first let's start with, with Ampla and how you guys think about building product. Yeah, totally. Love it. Um, so, um, like the stuff that I totally geek out on, uh, so it all starts, like I think I mentioned this earlier with the, the customer problem space and having a deep level of curiosity and empathy, uh, and really making sure that we truly understand the customer problems and that we build products that are very, very kind of connected to the CPG space and to brands and to the problems that they face. There are a ton of providers out there that offer sort of more of a generic um, suite of financial tools or a generic suite of commerce tools. That is not what Ampla is doing. Ampla is going very deep to really make sure that this, the things we build are purpose-built for brands and for the CPG space. Um, so that's where it all starts. It starts with the customer, starts with empathy and curiosity for the customer. Um, you know, in terms of things that are important to the way we look at it at Ampla, we have a set of product principles, right, that we sort of, that we really make sure we kind of um, use as guardrails to check to make sure that we're doing things the right way and that we're being true to who we are. Um, and so the first one starts with trust, right? Whenever you're working and you're building financial products, um, the optimizing for trust and making sure that you're looking at customer trust and transparency is key. So that's like one of our like really core product principles, number one. Number two, um, it's all about partnership, right? And that customer partnership and that we're all about driving customer success in everything that we do and making sure that we're really obsessed about the customer and the partnership with the customer. They're looking to us as a partner for their growth, their scale, and their survival. And we take that seriously. And so that partnership is really critical to us. Um, third, it's really like we want to make sure we're building simple and easy to use and financial products that are easy to understand. Because in the world of financial products, there are so many out there that are overly complicated or are, um, you know, uh, you're just just overly complicated and not really built in a way that sort of simplifies their intention. And like, we want to almost like remove that, um, that burden and remove that layer of complexity that comes with most financial products and make it incredibly simple and easy to understand. Um, and then last, we want to like work fast, ship, right? We want to move fast. We want to ship. We want to learn. We want to iterate and we want to innovate. 
Um, and, and that's really important to us too, and that we're bringing value to market really quickly. And so those are the set of like four product principles that we use to kind of guide everything we do. Um, but it all starts number one with like customer empathy and, and really going deep and understanding the problem spaces that we are intending um, to solve. I love how you started out with mentioning understanding the customer problem over customer requests or demands, because those are very different things. And so, you know, understanding what the problem is, that's, that's where you really can just simplify the solution to getting to the core of the issues rather than just having a product team focus on requests and prioritizing roadmap on urgency of demand and size of customer. That's where you end with the clunky solution. Um, that is everything for nobody. Yeah, for anybody else who's out there that are like product geeks, and I think some of this applies to like building CPG products too, it's just like through a tech lens, um, Escaping the Build Trap is a great, great book. Um, another great book is called Inspired, which is like building cu products customers love. Those two books, yes, they're built, they're intended for tech, but the the principles and the things you can take from them apply to building a product as well. Um, and yes, it's, it's, it's not like by verbatim listening to kind of the sort of surface level request. It's by going deep into the problem space and that's where you actually find innovation. And that's the stuff that like, of course, excites me and, and where Ampla will win and where we will differentiate because we're going to go super deep into that space. Chewie, in, in regards to that, I'd love to now talk about now that we understand the principles, how you think about building a great product. How have you guys been able to do that at Ampla, right? So like when you came on board, uh, where was Ampla? What were, you know, putting your product hat on? What were some of the key opportunities that you saw that you were like, what were your first steps, right? You yeah, join Ampla, totally. you let, you're coming from Shopify. Um, yeah. You you have a different lens about building product and you're like, okay, time to do some things. What were some of those things and initiatives that you were excited to kick off? Yeah, totally. So, uh to me, it's all about aligning around what is our purpose, what is our vision, what is our mission, right? Like it, it's critical that we have alignment around the mission, purpose, and vision of Ampla, right? That's like number one. And so we actually spent some time as a leadership team, like really healthy debates and discussions. Like, are we, you know, building a set of accounting tools? Are we building a like banking platform? Are we, and it's like, this is where like, as we work through that, we're like, no, no, we're actually building a product that is going to power commerce across the CPG ecosystem. And so it all starts, number one, with like alignment around that vision, mission, et cetera. The next step is to really make sure that you as a product team are working through your product vision, your product strategy. Um, I like to use a vision board. It's a simple kind of one pager to get everybody aligned on like, okay, what are the customer problems, right? And spending a lot of time with customers, but like really making sure we understand one, who we serve, Right? What's our what's our TAM and who do we serve? Um, who what are the the real customer problems that that are in the space that we feel we are well positioned to solve? Um, and then what are the problem spaces that we think there's a real opportunity for us to help with? Um, so the vision board kind of puts that all in a nice um, kind of view for you to kind of get your head around. Uh, you also want to make sure you're thinking thoughtfully early on how are you going to measure success? Um, what are your KPIs and how are you going to make sure you kind of measure progress? Um, I'm also a big believer kind of in like, I'd say a parallel step to the vision board and making sure you've got sort of, um, Amazon does a great job at this, but like your long form product strategy, right? Like get it on paper, 
get all the thoughts and ideas out there. And this is sort of the vision for the product strategy and how you connect the dots across all the pieces um, to make sure that you have a powerful platform and a powerful solution for the market. Um, and that, you know, is is something that should live and be true for a period of several years. Uh, and then comes the things that people talk about all the time in product, which are like, oh, now we are in a position where we're actually ready to build a roadmap. <laughs> and now we can start talking about like what comes first, what comes second, what comes third. But you have to start with, and this is why Escaping the Build Trap is such a good book, you first have to start with like, what is our purpose as a company and our vision and our mission? And everything cascades from there. Um, and so that's work that my team is doing, right? We're still doing. And we will, and actually, I like to think of roadmaps more as like a evergreen document, sort of a green path. Um, really, it is, you know, a view of the problem areas and hypotheses we have that we want to go and test. And we're going to work with customers to validate prototypes and put things in front of them to see if we actually got it right or wrong and work through a prototyping phase to make sure that we're really solving the right problems in the right way. Um, and so I'm a huge believer in bringing customers, prospects, um, and the market into how you build product. And it's it's actually a ton of fun for the, for, um, the you know, the the individuals that are participating in that. Yeah, and actually what I love about what you just said was these are all frameworks that really do apply to uh, brands of all types, whether you're building software or you're building physical products. I think one thing that was jumping out at me when you were talking about um, you know, your different frameworks was the fact that you need to have a strategy and you need to build things intentionally around the product problem and where they fit into the strategy and not just building for the sake of building things. I think a good example for brands might be like, oh, like all these other brands are making these cool hoodies. Maybe we should make a hoodie, right? With And like maybe they're a CPG brand that has nothing to do with hoodies. But if it fits within their product strategy and they're like, we're going to make hoodies because it fits within our strategy of being a distribution thing for our community. Okay, great. Make the hoodies. But like, I think when you start thinking about random things and copycatting and just building things just for the sake of them, that's where, again, you're not only burning capital, you're burning time, but you're not solving problems. So I think that message of having a solid product strategy in place, whatever you're building, it's it's a super, super crucial uh, pillar to, to think about. And it's like, I love that you mentioned too, that you're still doing it because it's almost a daily reminder. It's so easy. We consume so much on Twitter, on LinkedIn and all the new product innovations, especially with AI and all this sort of stuff. And um, it's really a daily reminder to say no to most things and stick to that vision. And then, you know, maybe at some point then do a higher level meeting of revisiting that vision and see if anything's changed. Is that something that, that you suggest that, you know, maybe we should revisit from a high level executive level division, make sure we're still on track? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's like a balance. Like you don't, to your point, you don't want to be uh, I think Blaine said it, you don't want to constantly be um, looking at the new like shiny object of the day and the new kind of distraction and that becomes noise and you have to get really good at saying no and, and having a strong product strategy and vision and kind of a roadmap that people feel good about is really important. At the same time, to Ramon's point, you also, in the spirit of innovation and in the spirit of keeping up with how fast the world of tech works, um, in the spirit of like, we may have gotten things wrong, um, and why when I say we have 
one is a green path, it's evergreen, um, because we have hypotheses around problem spaces that we want to solve. And we will do testing with um, prototyping and with the customer base we serve. And we may find out that either there isn't a problem or an opportunity there, or that there's, and there's no value perceived in it. Or we may find out that things have changed in the market um, and there's new technology that we need to bring into kind of as part of a funnel and we need to evaluate that. Um, so in terms of time frame, like I would say, so um, I would say like you should look at your roadmap on a every six month to every year basis. Um, but always be open to the fact that there may be new innovations and new things coming and that you need to um, have a process for evaluating those and deciding if they fit into your um, overarching strategy. Do they fall into your product principles? Do they um, drive real value for the market? You no, know, I think, Tui, I think that's that's really spot on in terms of not only you know, you want to have a roadmap, but you also want to be aware of what's going on and being able to respond quickly to whether it's the market, whether it's a shift in the market, a new technology, and being prepared as an organiza- organization to um, be able to adapt. And again, that goes for software, that goes for uh, physical products, it goes for really any sort of business. Um, and in the spirit of that, I'd love to know if there's any recent things that have excited you from like a technology perspective that you've been excited to like incorporate and build out or um, even, you know, there's been just so much going on in capital markets recently um, and CPG as well. So are there any current events that have influenced product strategy that you're excited to talk about? And then also I'd love to hear about kind of what's on the forefront of your mind and your your product roadmap and where you guys are excited to productize and build for. Yeah, totally. So um, I'll share two kind of related to just... Um, industry-ish events. Um, So one, um, and I feel like Ampla has such a leg up because we are at our core a data company, Um, but we have so much valuable data related to brands and the CPG space. And so our team is getting really excited about some insights and some AI and some opportunities to help the entire CPG ecosystem make smarter and better decisions. So that's definitely one area. We still have work to do there, but there's some real opportunity and like we're in a really good position because we have such a depth and wealth of knowledge. The reality is um, in order to um, offer capital products, there is a tremendous amount of insight and data that we have to have to feel comfortable about who we are offering um, you know, funding to. And that power of that data can be used in so many other super exciting ways that like we are like experimenting with and exploring. And it's it's, I think, incredibly powerful. So that's one. Um, Second is the the world of banking and finance and some of the changes that have happened. You know, I think we are, you know, trying to be really smart. And 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 again, I mentioned trust being one of our um, product principles. Right. So there's a couple of things. So we are now offering, you know, significant um, interest um, to deposits that are held in Ampla uh, and being incredibly competitive there. And we want to make sure that brands have that opportunity, 4.58%. And then also just being thoughtful about um, the reality that, um, you know, because of the financial system, we want to make sure that we've got strong underlying partners across the banking and financial ecosystem 
so that uh, those deposits are are held and saved for regardless of the size of them. Um, so those are two things that um, are one super exciting and one super important <laughs> that we're doing. <laughs> um, and then in terms of what's coming, I think was your third question. Um, so I'm really excited about all of the downstream supply chain, manufacturing, co-packer, friction, and I'm not excited about the friction. I'm excited about removing the friction, <laughs> but all of the um, sort of antiquated opportun opportunities we have to modernize the full CBG supply chain and um, bring a more digital, modern, um, consumer sort of commerce experience to the B2B side of doing business. That is like a space that we're, we're really excited about and that we're spending quite a lot of time going deep on. That's awesome. Um, no, I totally agree. I think there's so much opportunity and almost like the consumerization of B2B, making these products feel like the consumer products that brands are building themselves, making just great products. Um, so for anyone who's listening that is looking to connect with you guys, learn more about you personally or Ampla, why don't you shout out your socials? Are you on Twitter, LinkedIn? Where can we find you and where can we connect and learn more about you and Ampla? Yeah. So for me, um, LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, but I'd say LinkedIn is probably easier. So Tui Allen at LinkedIn. Um, and uh, in terms of Ampla, we're on all of the um, traditional channels that you could expect. Um, or you can go to our website um, at getampla.com to find out more um, about Ampla. Cool. Well, thanks so much for having us, for joining us on the pod. We had a great time learning about all the different stuff you're building and all the ways you think about building great products. Um, can't wait to uh, see what comes of it and what you guys are able to productize. I think it's a really exciting space to be building in, especially uh, as more brands go on the channel. So thanks for joining us on the show today. We had a great time. Thanks, Blaine. Thanks, Ramon. It was great. Appreciate it. It was a super fun conversation. Thank you, Tori. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of DTC Pod. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love your support. A rating and a review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in DTC and beyond. Follow and subscribe to the show, and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter. Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.